Hey there, I'm your host, Stephanie Lugo, and welcome to the Market Authority Show. If you have found your way here, you are a real estate pro who's ready to transition from chasing leads to getting dream clients to chase you. This podcast is where you will learn modern real estate tactics to attract, connect, and scale so you can get paid consistently, connect with dream clients, and keep your sanity. Let's get to it. Welcome back to the Market Authority Show. I'm so happy to have you. How's it going? Uh, it's amazing. Stephanie, the last time I was on your show, I had like so many of your fans, followers, students, people reach out to me. I love like I love talking to a group that I know is engaged. So kudos to you on that. Well, it's helpful when you come bearing gifts in the form of awesome content, which you did. And I'm sure that we'll have again today. So I'm really looking forward to our conversation. How are me things too. How are things going for business, for the market? What are you seeing these days? Yeah, you know, it's definitely a different market than the last time we talked, right? So I think we talked about 18 months ago. And in that market, like the market was pretty hot. Everyone was making crazy money still. And, but inventory was down, right? So the big conversation was like, oh, there's not enough inventory. And now we're in a very different market, right? Like on the mortgage side of things, almost like 40 to 50% of lenders have gotten out of the business since we last talked. And the amount of recorded transactions in the US is 40%, maybe more or less for real estate transactions than the last time we talked. So I think there's a lot of fear in the market right now that wasn't there before, right? Before we had frustration that there were multiple offers on every property. And now we have fear of like, you know, what's happening with the market, rates are high, whatever. So we're just in a very different place. So we're doing well. We've pivoted in this market in many different ways. And ironically, like we're really excited that our market share is at an all-time high, mainly because competitors are out and we're doing we're not doing more business than we were. That'd be impossible in this market. But we're doing the same amount of business that we were in a much more challenging market. And I think that's a really positive message for everyone to realize is that when you do business the right way and when you hustle and when you're doing all the right things, you don't need to grow. You can stay the same because then when things change, you are that much further ahead. Like that market share multiplies out your transaction count. So um, in terms of brand awareness, we're in a really good spot. And in terms of actual deals, we're, we're steady. Well, congrats. That is a huge win. And I think a lot of times, especially as business owners, we are in this culture where we're like more, 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 bigger, bigger, bigger. Like every year there has to be like big growth metrics. Whereas I, I think in reality, what shows a really successful business is a business that's able to like weather market shifts. Every industry has them. We just happen to be a very volatile industry and it, being able to consistently clip along, even at the same pace and maintain is a massive win in this kind of environment. Why do you think that's happening for you guys? So, you know, the biggest thing is that I think we've always been built for longevity um, from a from a marketing standpoint, we have a really good mix. And I think this is probably like a lesson for any salesperson out there. You need to have a mix of short-term and long-term growth strategies. Yeah. I think so many people, when business is easy, the short-term things just kind of happen and they work. And so you get lots of that business, but you never have those long-term strategy roots there. But on the same token, you need some short-term strategies because you got to eat now. Um, so there's there's a little bit of both, and we've done a really good job, in my opinion, of doing both of those things um, at the same time. 
and really, really ensuring that we're going deeper, not not just not just wider, right? Like a lot of people want to throw a bunch of marketing crap out, uh, make hundreds and thousands of calls, and they're all spammy and garbage. I'd rather make ten really high quality calls, go deep with my relationship, because then me as a talented salesperson. I can spot the buying signs and really figure out where that conversation needs to go or what I want to ask for, right? Like when I'm on with you, Stephanie, like what, what's my goal today? Like what, what do I, what do I want to pitch you on? And I don't always think I'm going to know that at the beginning of a call, it's going to take asking lots and lots and lots of questions and then figuring something intelligent out by the end of the call, or it might be a follow up for the next day. So just leaning into the curiosity factor instead of going in for a hard sell. Yeah, I mean, like, and I think especially in our age range, right? Like, I think anyone who's like in the sales, the sales industry between like 25 and 45, right? Like, I think that cold cally sales type is not how most of our friends want to be sold in the first place. Like, they want an expert and they want someone that can lead them, yes, but they don't want like a waste of time phone call. Like, ring, ring, ring. Hi, Stephanie, it's Matt. I'm still, still your realtor. I'm still, I'd still love to make a commission off you and your family. Uh, yeah, I have nothing else to, to tell you, but um, would love to make money off of you at some point. Like that's how cold calling comes off. And what a better conversation is, is how we start our call today. Like, how are your kids? Like, how is having a third one? Like, how is your trip to Italy? Like, we're talking about all of those things. And I'm kind of waiting for that nugget to come out. I'm like, oh my gosh, you get a third kid, like, how's your house doing? Like, that must be, is it tight? Is it spacious? Like, like I'm trying to figure out like how I can take this and make it into a, a way to remind you subtly of what I do and what my expertise is. So how, for those who are listening to that and they're like, cool, how do I actually do that? Especially if they're struggling with the commission breath, if they haven't gotten paid for a while. <laughs> how do yeah. you make that transition into more of that like curious, friendly guide instead of just going for the sale. Absolutely. So one, um, one tactic I really like is kind of like suggestive selling. So wherever you operate, you know, wherever you practice real estate throughout the country, like set up a search for yourself, right? Like not for a client, but for yourself. And every day, just pick a certain number of properties that you want to get out there to people in your database or people in your coworkers database. Like, right. Maybe you're new and you don't have a database. Like, partner up with a coworker in your office. And then you're basically, the bait is the house and you wanna find a house that is truly like sellable, right? Like it's not the $30 million house. It's like it's like the $430,000 house that like the paint sucks and the appliances are garbage, but like that's the only problem with the house and it's a great value. You wanna take that and message it to a couple people and say like, dude, I know you're not looking for a house. I just wanted to send this to you though. It's in your neighborhood. I can't believe what prices are going for. Also crazy that all this place needs is a coat of paint and some appliances and they'd be worth 50 grand more. Like I want to throw that message out there because I could get investors from it. I could get people to, to get their family and friends to move to their neighborhood with that. I could subtly let my own clients know what the market's like in their neighborhood. And there's so many things there, but it's a strategy, right? It's, it's a couple properties a day, texted or called to a couple people per day. And if you do that repeatedly, like if you were to do that 50 times in a week, like how would you not get business off of that? Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. And it feels better too from the realtor's perspective. And I think it's really funny because so many realtors that I'm working with, their their biggest challenge is, well, I don't want to reach out to my database. I don't want to reach out to my sphere and people I know because I don't want to be salesy spammy. 
then don't. <laughs> There's so many other people yeah. engage with people. Well, and I like I have to like laugh a little bit at like marketers and real estate brokers because like if you go to like any you know like there's bold there's all kinds of like every kw remax every big company has like a, a new agent sales training yeah they all basically are great and they all say the same thing you need to call hundreds and hundreds of people but what they really don't do a good job of is they don't always tell you what to say when you call and that's why the agents just don't call like you call when the coach is behind you and like they're yelling at you and publicly shaming you for not calling but like that's about it but the what to call could be even more simple simpler than that like maybe you don't want to talk about real estate at all Mm-hmm. You have social media, just pull up their profile, see what they've been up to recently, and find one thing that they've posted about that you find interesting. You either call them with a question about that or a comment about that, and then go into an open-ended question like, how are you doing? Because then hopefully they'll ask you the same thing, and then you could subtly mention something positive about the market. Like, So whether you do a property or it could be personal, either, either one can work great, especially assuming that assumes that the people on your social media are people that you like and have things in common with. And if you don't, then hold another conversation that we need to have with you. Yeah, absolutely. I've I've literally had this conversation before and I got the response. So you're talking to them, not about real estate. How does that result in deals? How do you explain that? Yeah. So the big thing is when you more conversations equal more business, right? Yeah. When you talk to someone, it's kind of like you don't you don't know what's gonna what's gonna come out of their mouth, right? Like especially some people are like totally loose cannons. It's your job to listen for buying signs. So like let's the second thing I was gonna talk about in our, our call today is like what what things are moving the market, and those are oftentimes the things you want to listen for um, in your conversations with people, but also on social media. So like you know what's moving the market right now? Death, death of a loved one, divorce. That's not a happy one. Uh, having kids moving or i'm um, sorry moving for job related things um you know, getting closer to family those are all the big things uh, having a kid graduate or having a kid up, be about to start school those are all the things moving the market honestly like 20 percent of all 20 30 percent of all posts on social media are about one of those things right or it could be like could be a lot of uh like marriage getting engaged like when you see things like that happening or when those come up in conversation that's where you can slowly start to turn the conversation around or send a thoughtful follow-up that relates it to real estate the next day, right? Like if I see on social that your dad just died, like I'm not call- I'm not asking you on the phone, like if you want to sell this house, <laughs> but I'm making it known that I'm there for you. And if there's anything that I can do personally or professionally to help you or your family, like, dude, just call me, like we'll, we'll, we'll help you out. So it's, it's being subtle about it, um, but at the same time, just listening and spotting an opportunity. Um, the second piece is just asking a lot of open-ended questions because usually what I've noticed, if I pretend that I'm just like Socrates and I ask you question after question after question, like everything you say, I follow up with like a tell me more type thing. Mm-hmm. At some point in the conversation, if you're a normal human, you're going to ask me something. And that's when I, then it's appropriate for me to talk real estate because that's what I do for a living. Yeah. In an exciting way. Like if you're talking negative about the market, like this is a terrible strategy. But if you're someone who truly believes that the market has some positive, some positive aspects to it right now, then that comes out and that's, that's your end. So I want to speak to that a little bit more. I want to go a little bit more in depth to those who are really in that place of looking at the market and they're like, well, I wouldn't buy right now. Why would anybody else? 
and they're almost kind of projecting that energy a little bit. How do we kind of stop that mindset a little bit? Because I was actually just having a conversation with um, an awesome member of my program who kind of said something not like exactly like that, but kind of to that effect of, it's really hard for me to talk to my clients about the positives of the market and like, should they consider buying? Because I would never get rid of this 3% mortgage on this house. Like I would never do that. And so it almost feels disingenuous to me to like suggest that as a viable option to others. Are you guys seeing that at all, or how do you work? Oh, we're, at, we're absolutely seeing that, and I think you know the number of lenders and realtors getting out of the business right now speaks to that, right? Like, uh, you cannot sell something that you do not confidently believe in um, in a repeatable way, right? Like, you, you can sell a little bit of it, but I think the biggest. So I'll talk about interest rates, and then I'll talk about like a mindset thing. Yeah. So it's not whether now is a good time or a bad time to buy. Because when we look at like the historical chart of like the last hundred years in the United States, in any market, like you could take the, the craziest markets that have volatility like Vegas and Miami, or you could take like the middle of Kansas. Any point on the graph that you bought a house was the best time to buy five years later. Like even if you bought the day before the recession, five to six years later, your value is up and it was still better than renting. So like, it's more about your personal belief that your income will stay the same or go up or your family's income. Mm -hmm. So like there are truly people who should not be buying a house right now. Like yeah. if you are on, if you are very, very fearful that you are about to get let go, it, you know, might not be the year to do it. It might be like, let's save, let's build our war chest, et cetera. Or you, it might be the opposite. It might be like, you know what? I'm not sure what's happening with my job, but my rent's too high. I'm going to buy a house right now before I lose my job that I can afford the payment on that'll put me in a more stable position, mm -hmm. right? So it's a mindset thing. It's what is the best opportunity for housing for me and my family right now in the next year or so. Now, the second piece of that's the interest rate piece. And that's, I think, the piece that, that people are the most confused by. But the good thing about interest rates is they're mathematical. So although I failed math most of high school and that's why I work in the real estate industry, um, right, like I, I can do history. I'm really good at history. I could do English. I could do writing, creative writing. Um, but here's the thing with math. Interest rates can do three things. There's only three options. They can go up, they can go down, or they can stay exactly the same. Now, if you buy today and interest rates go up in the future, sounds like a win to me. You bought a house, interest rates went up, you have a lower rate than someone else, right? Like I bought and interest rates are higher than when I bought. So like, I'm, I'm not mad about that. The second one is they can go down. So if you bought a house today, you capitalized on less people looking in the market, you capitalized on less competition and they go down in the future. You still have the house that you wanted. That doesn't change, but your payment goes down because you refinance. So that sounds like a win. And who's going to be calling you your loan officer who made less money for the last three years. So like, when it's in everyone's best interest to help you save money, like I promise you'll get about a hundred of those calls. The third one is they stay the same. If you can afford the house today and you can afford the payment today at today's rate and rates stay the same, then who cares? Like the difference in expectations between up, down and the same, they're not that crazy. So for that reason, I tell people, you should be able to sell in any market, especially if you focus on people who interest rates, not the number one thing for them. Like if I were to ask you, like the last time you bought a house, Stephanie, why did you buy it? Family needed more space. My family was growing. Was your family going to grow regardless of interest rates? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like 
you bought a house because you got married and your your new wife didn't want to live in the ex-wife's house. You were going to buy a house regardless of interest rate. Bought a house because your job transferred you and you needed somewhere to live. Interest rate wasn't really a factor. Right? For the last 50 years, the interest rate wasn't a factor. At 18% in the 80s, people were still buying houses. But people are dwelling on that today because it's like the easy one to dwell on. So yes, it sucks. Rates are higher than they were two years ago. They were extortionately low and the economy's where it is because of that. But right now, there's still a lot of opportunity in the market. And I think right now, buyers are actually getting offers accepted because interest rates are high. They keep the house when it's high, they refinance when, when it's low. So there's there's so many, so many positive reasons to still buy, I think. Yeah, I think it goes back to really understanding the the product that you're selling, right? And and I was just talking about this to a friend. One thing that I do regularly is have conversations with our lender partner and our title partner. We're a title state, like I'm a fiduciary. And so the title is a really important factor to our transaction. And, and there's these vendors that we work with all throughout the week. And that relationship, that's the tone for the transactions that we're able to close. And because of that, we're constantly leveraging those relationships so that we can educate ourselves on the financing, on the title side, just so that we can understand how to overcome objections that are rooted more in misinformation or just like a fallacy, not actual real barriers to purchasing or selling. And I think that that's one of the most important things that realtors can do is understand holistically how this all works together. Can you speak to that a little bit just from your vantage point? Yeah, you know, so like obviously I'm a little bit more on the mortgage side than most right. people. Like I coach and train realtors, but like I work with like lenders all day. Uh -huh. And so there's so many new programs coming out all the time that, you know, I know like when your lender calls you and you're a realtor, you don't always want to pick up because it's like they're just asking for business. But ask them, take that opportunity to say, what new programs do you guys have right now? What program or second question, what programs are your clients using in tricky situations to get offers accepted? That can be another really good one because a lot of your customers out there who see your pretty posts and all of your reels on social media, they might not just be, they might just not be reaching out to you to buy because they don't think they can afford it. Mm -hmm. And so for you to post great information about zero down programs or down payment assistance programs or the actual down payment requirements, or, Hey, you know, if you had 20% down saved, you could just, 3% down and use that 17% to either buy down the rate or do something else. Like you have options there. And what I like to do is I like to start the conversation with the client up with what's, what's the reason you're calling me today. And then I like to record their answer in my CRM system and then reinforce it back to them throughout the process. Interest rate is never the reason they're calling, right? Like when rates are up to two, they were calling you to refinance, right? But the reason that they were calling you to buy a house was never interest rate. So whatever they tell you the first time, keep reinforcing that to them throughout the process. But rely on your lenders for updates on products that you could use in your marketing. Um, I think that can be a really great option, but also that can be the subject for a phone call. Like, right? We talked about content. We talked about what you could be calling your clients about and new, new guideline changes and things like that are great. Like literally yesterday, FHA changed a policy and now if another lender denied you, that, deny, that denial does not stick with your FHA file anymore. And that, that's a huge one for a lot of people that didn't think that they could qualify for FHA simply because they got denied errantly a year ago or, or 
for a good reason a little bit ago. Yeah, that's that's a really great point. Hey, it's Stephanie. We know that you love tuning into the show each week, and I appreciate your continued support. Now we have a fun opportunity for you to get even more involved with the Market Authority community. How would you like to have your thoughts and opinions featured right here on the show? It's simple. Just leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Here's the deal. Every week, we will pick one lucky listener's review, and we'll read it right here on the pod. That's right. Your insights, questions, and feedback could become a part of the show. So take a moment to leave a review, and who knows? You might hear your name and your thoughts discussed on our next episode. We can't wait to hear from you. Your reviews mean the world to me, and they help me know if I'm on track with the content that we're creating for you. Plus, your reviews help other realtors find this podcast, and we know that sharing is caring, right? Keep those reviews coming, and remember to stay tuned for more expert insights and tips. Thanks for being a part of our journey. Now, back to the show. I want to go back to what you mentioned about like revisiting the main reason why they called you. Can you give an example of how that conversation might look and just just in practice. Yeah. So, uh, Stephanie, you called me. Oh my God, Stephanie, how are you? I haven't talked to you guys since you bought your last, last house. How are you? Oh my gosh, we're great. The cannot believe that we already have two toddlers running around. Things are really good. The house is really busy. We're still loving it here though. That's awesome. So obviously you called me. So are you looking to, are you looking to buy again an investment property, a bigger house for you guys? Like what, what's your goal today? Yeah, I mean, we're still really loving it over here in North Phoenix. This house is great, but we are trying to figure out if we want to continue growing our family. And at this point, we are sending our preschooler to a preschooler who's out of district. And so I'm just wondering at this point, like, would it even make sense to imagine moving while we have a mortgage rate that's under 3% right now? Like, it just seems crazy to even ask the question, but I figured I'd throw it out there. Yeah. So are you, is your main goal to get into a, to get into a different school district or to just see if you could get a bigger house somewhere different? I would love to be able to be in district for my son so that he can take advantage of some of the other classes and programs that are only available in district. At the same time, if we were to move, the only thing that would make me move is having one extra bedroom. Okay. So one extra bedroom in district. What we can do, I think the best course would be to kind of look at your overall financial picture so that we can figure out what our options are. You know, there's so many different programs with different down payment options, as well as different rate buy down options. So although, yes, rates are higher today, some people are keeping their existing home as investment properties. Other people are selling those properties and using that crazy equity that they've amassed in order to buy the rate down. So it's not going to be a bigger payment for you the second time around. Um, So let's... would you are you good with moving forward with this as long as we can find you a house in the next district um, that has one more room and keep your payment relatively relatively similar all other things considered potentially but i just keep going back to the idea that my financial picture hasn't really changed in the last few years since we purchased this home and while we could afford this home at this interest rate back then i just can't imagine it being any different today at double the interest rate i'm just not sure how those numbers should go yeah, well, we'll take a peek at that. The big thing is that you have a lot of equity in your current home. So we're going to have some really good options for you moving into someone. You have so much power in this market compared to anyone else. And that's going to put you in a very, very competitive spot, but also it buys you options. 
So what we can do is we can run all of your numbers and we can look at uh, the equity of your home. I'm gonna make sure to get you back into contact with your realtor so that they can really get us a, an exact estimate of what your home is worth based on like today's market because things are changing all the time, usually for the better. Um, and then I'll be able to get that to you. Would that be okay? Yeah, that would be good. And and I love the idea of being able to have the benefits on the purchase side, but I, would that just harm me even more on the selling side? Pardon me, I didn't hear that one. If I have more benefits on the purchase side, then would my realtor then tell me, do you think that it would just harm me on the selling side? Like if there's more options for me, then there's more options against me when I sell my home too. The biggest thing is that as long if, if you already own real estate in this market, you have you have more power. And so it's just figuring out how we want to use that power and what's important to you. Some people want to have more more cash in their in their bank account, and other people want to be in the, that house that's a little bit bigger because that house hopefully is still going to go up in value um, every couple of years. So what's interesting to me, sidebar about yeah. this conversation, is it's very um, it's you're very curious, you're asking questions, and you're presenting a lot of scenarios. Like you're not even giving any definitive answers of like, yes, you absolutely should sell. It's more like, let's just have the conversation. Let's look at the numbers and present it. Well, because truthfully, like I don't know, right? And I think most, like any lender that immediately goes into like, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. Like, yeah. you know, like if I if I were to find out that you were about to have two more kids or like you, your husband or someone was changing jobs, there's there's a million, there's a million reasons that that now might not be the time, but I think the more questions you ask throughout that process, the more invested the client feels that you care about them, that you're listening to them, and that you're gonna lead them in the right direction eventually. But I really do wanna get as many, as many times in that conversation as possible for you to reinforce to me the reason that you wanna move, because that's not gonna change, right? And that's gonna be district and bet. So I wanna mention, just after you said it the first time, I wanna mention that as many times in the conversation as I can, and then mention that as many times to your realtor as I can so that we can be on the same page. Like, I think if you have a great lender and a great realtor, that's like two sides of the triangle. It's like a triangle of trust. The more people like going in the same direction, like giving the buyer confidence or the seller confidence, that's what we need. That's what we need to get this done now. Yeah, I think that right now, especially having that relationship is absolutely critical. And I was actually just chatting with another agent who was saying like, you know, I, I keep trying to get with my lender and they're not answering my phone calls. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, you need to find a different lender. Like, stat, if they're not answering your phone calls, then what makes you think they're going to have great communication with their clients? Like, for me, that's an immediate non-starter. Yeah, and you, you know, the crazy thing, and I think this happens in, in real estate and in lending, there's never been a more important time to ensure that you're working with a professional salesperson in either industry who is really in it like full-time or at least full-time hours. Like it doesn't have to be like Monday to Friday, nine to five. You want someone that's full-time or this is their thing and they're living and breathing the market. Number one, the market's changing pretty rapidly, especially in different price points. Like by us, the, the high market is, is behaving in completely different ways than, than the average price market. But you know, when you're working with a lender and they're not making enough to pay their bills because all of their refinance business died, it's hard for them to focus on your clients when they can, they're not putting food on their table for their family and they're getting all of their stress. Same thing with a realtor. You're working with a part-time realtor who has another full-time job and is doing something during the eight to five, they can't pick up the phone for you. That is gonna be challenging too. So like I'm really stressing just using a professional. I don't wanna to totally knock part-time 
agents because I think a lot of people started their careers that way. But I think you know it's important to know who's on the other side of a transaction from you and to align yourself with with someone that really has it. If you are a part-time agent, you want to make sure that your lender is sure as heck a full-time lender who's really in its way and has some relationships because that's going to be a bigger advantage for you. And same thing, like if you're a lender, you want a realtor that you're partnering with that's really that's really and it can it can help you when when you're falling short too. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think you know part time is part time right now and today with remote work, part time is a little bit more feasible than it may have been yeah. years ago, right? But but to your point, it's 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 full time commitment. Like you might have part time status, but it's got to be full time commitment and you have to recognize that being part-time that is going to be an obstacle or like a barrier for your clients that it's going to be a question coming up like oh is this your full-time real estate job like what if you're not doing real estate full-time what else are you doing you have to be prepared to overcome that and and still provide an example or you know some data showing that like yeah you are giving it your all still yeah, and if that is you, like, because again, like, I don't want this to come off as I'm knocking those people. If if you are part time, and maybe you have to be, right? Like, you have a family, and you have you have you know an income you need to maintain. Leverage your leverage your brokerage, right? Like, you're paying dues to a brokerage. Market some of their stats as if they were your own, right? Like, we're the number one team. Like, your brokerage can be called your team. It's totally okay. But like, figure out how to leverage that to give your buyers and sellers more of that um, more of that confidence that they need in you. Because if they're not confident in you, the whole transaction is just not going to go well. Yeah, yeah, and I think by extension, you have to be confident in yourself <laughs> too, yeah. because that's where they're going to draw on that confidence. What are you, what are you saying right now to agents? Just back to the mindset piece, who are completely lacking that confidence. They're like not even at that point of like, can I make it in this business? They're now questioning like, should I even continue it in this business with how the market is? I usually ask them what why they got into real estate and what they liked about it then. And then I, let's I want to look at like are those elements is that still the market that we're in? Because like I still think real estate's the greatest industry on earth and I think it has more opportunity for a salesperson and for a connector and for a networker than any other industry, right? Like if you're going to sell something it may as be it may as well be something that costs hundreds of thousands of dollars and from a more of an emotional standpoint like something that actually impacts people's lives yeah. right like when you help someone buy a house you are changing their life and then the second piece to look at is are you serving your clients better or are you serving any client better by having them work with you than by having them work with another realtor and i think most people would truly say and be able to identify the value that they offer if you don't think you offer any different or extra value than everyone else, then yeah, this, this is probably not your main industry. This is like, you have your license for when your best friend needs to sell, but even that, mm -hmm. um, I, you can answer those questions. I think you can figure out if this is the place for you to be. That is a really good response. I like that. What are you looking forward to the rest of this year and into 2024? What are you really excited about? So I, I'm really excited to see the ability to work with like the true professionals who are left, yeah. right? So I think in every, in every changing market, we see some amazing warriors emerge. And those are the people that really change the industry. I think like a lot of the fat gets stripped out of the industry when people, when people get out of it, right? Like 
people can only go you know x amount of months without a paycheck so they, they end up getting other jobs and it's great for them mm -hmm. um and that creates more opportunity for those of us who are still here but also it provides more to the community as a whole right it, it raises the credibility level of those people who stuck around and and it provides for more more jobs more education more camaraderie uh, i have so much respect for some of these agents who never went through a tough market and are now thriving like my friend josh he's been an agent for started in like 07 so he saw a little bit of the first recession but like he was never making a lot of money before the last downturn right like he was making nothing then he was really making nothing for a little bit but then every single year since 07 he built his business up 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 and this year his business still went up he's like one of the only agents i know who did who set a record in 2023 and it's because all the systems were really, really firing. His calendar is so dialed in for all the activities that he's working on. Um, but people can smell confidence on him. Like working with success is contagious. And so I think we're gonna see a lot more of that as we see who really shakes out of this of this industry. Probably I'm looking for like March, April, right? Like I think in the winter it's gonna be a little bit quiet. Like people, people are gonna slowly get out, and then the people that we start seeing around, we see, start seeing their signs in the yard in March and April. Those are gonna be some seriously badass agents who have really figured it out. They're gonna have some new systems. They're gonna have some new procedures and um, some new some new lead generation ideas. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Tell us about your podcast. Yeah, so the podcast, we're in year two and a half of the podcast. It's called um, The Neighborhood Realtor um, because all of the strategies that we focus on are really like, you know, small town, uh, small town neighbor, neighbor centric things that, that focus on relationships, right? Like, we're not talking about buying Zillow leads because if you wanted to do that, you just need a credit card. Um, <laughs> we're interviewing the top performing agents from around the US and Canada who can give tangible examples of what they're actually doing. Right, so it, exactly like your interview format, Stephanie, where you say, tell me more, and you don't accept my answers at face value, right? Like, tell me more, go deeper, give me an actual example of that. Like, that's what I like to do because so many like realtors, I just wanna like slam my head into the wall. I ask them like like a top producing agent, like, oh, how, how, how'd you get that business? Oh, it was from my sphere. That's not an answer. Yeah. What did you do to get your sphere to call you? Did you, stay in contact with them was it via email was it like was it like a 12-step plan that you have did you see them in the event the night before they called you what triggered it like what was the last interaction you had with this client before they called you or did you just get lucky 25 times right like i want to know the specific thing so the podcast really goes deep into that i love that well if you are listening to this conversation and you like what matt has to share absolutely check out the neighborhood realtor podcast and where can they, if they want to take the conversation further, connect with you on social? Yeah, so I absolutely love when I'm on a show like this and someone reaches out afterwards. Just tell me, you want to reach out, hit me up on Instagram, mattmuscat88, and tell me what you do and where you're from and where you, like, where you practice it, right? Like, say, so like, hey, I'm a realtor in Tucson, Arizona, and I've been in the business for five years. Tell me a little bit about you so it's not just like some weirdo following me to look at pictures of my kids and our vacations, because I, firmly believe that social media should be a mix of business and personal. So when you follow me, you get wine recommendations, travel recommendations, pictures of my kids, and a ton of real estate. I love that. Matt, thanks so much for joining me today. Love chatting thanks. with you.
I want to mm -hmm. take a moment and acknowledge you. You have such a fresh approach to speaking to realtors, especially from a little bit more of the lender side. But even having a conversation with you about this, I always leave feeling inspired and looking with new ideas. So I want to acknowledge you for taking that approach and being so generous with your ideas with us on the Market Authority Show. Thank you, Stephanie. I wish like you're one of the people like that host the podcast that I wish lived closer to me so that we could do this over wine next time and we could like lock our kids in the basement and like let them amuse each other and like we could drink and talk real estate. But maybe maybe next time I'll, I'll visit you in, in the winter. The stars will align one day. It's going to happen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for tuning in. Be sure to connect with Matt and check out his podcast. Matt, thanks for hanging out with me today. I appreciate it. Thanks, Stephanie. Thanks for tuning in. A high five on taking some time to invest in yourself and in your business. If you're looking for more, head over to the show notes to find all the details and links to resources mentioned in this episode of the Market Authority Show. And if you're looking to find a new crew of like-minded pros to ask questions and bounce ideas off of, head over to the marketauthorityacademy.com to join my exclusive community on Facebook, check out my latest free masterclass and tons of bonus content, or apply to my mentorship program to learn how I can help you triple your business this year. Until next time, keep on crushing it.